0: Hey everyone, Zach Dixon here, and welcome to our 15th episode of Animalators Curious Conversations from the World of Animation. Today on the show, we have the incredibly talented Rachel Yonda. Rachel is currently working as a lead designer and animator for The Late Late Show with James Corden. Previously, Rachel has worked as a character animator for a few shows such as Disney's Little Einsteins and Seth MacFarlane's Border Town and has had an incredible freelance career also working for legendary studios including Buck, Elastic, The Mill, and Imaginary Forces to just name a few. Rachel has truly run the full gamut from TV to advertising to her super cool new gig on The Late Late Show. So get pumped to learn something new with me as we get into all this coming up on this week's episode of Animalator. Rachel Yanda, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for uh, giving us your time and, and coming out.
1: Thanks for having me. It's it's an honor to be invited.
0: Yeah. Um, well, well, I'm super excited to. Um, I don't know. Just kind of dive into uh, you as an animator, and just kind of kind of talk about where you are now on the Late Late Show with James Corden. But but first, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd really love to just get some kind of uh, framework and perspective for that. So uh, I'm I'm very curious. How did you you start out? How did you? When did you kind of realize um, that animation might be what you wanted to do uh, for a living?
1: Um. Yeah. There's. <sighs> No easy answer to this for me because uh, I think that there's just like a thousand little things that, about animation that brought me there. Um, but uh, certainly, like loved as as a kid, obsessed with you know Disney, Looney Tunes, um, Nickelodeon, like Run and Simpy, uh, The Simpsons. Like the, those are all things that I can quote and you know talk about at length. Um, but I didn't really. Uh, think of animation as like uh, a career possibility for me um until my sophomore year at nyu
0: oh cool um did you i'm curious did you get were you there for film then
1: so no, i i originally um enrolled in nyu actually i enrolled at nyu without ever having been there oh, wow. um to go and uh study music business um very which cool. is an interesting choice at the time. <laughs> um, uh, considering it really wasn't what I wanted to do. <laughs>
0: but that's like a, um, every other person here in Nashville, music business.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. yeah, which is I, I'm still super big into music and and um, love being a musician. That's what brought me there. I't oh, know um, why.
0: What did you play? But, what was your what was your instrument?
1: I grew up very serious about playing the flute, just really. (laughs) All right, wow. Um, Yeah, so I was doing, you know, youth orchestras and competitions and all that stuff. And um, uh, yeah, ultimately, um, you know, in NYU, it was an interesting program. You know, you had to audition as a musician to be able to get into it. Um, uh, But uh, it was to a different end. Um, Yeah. So it was, it was just, uh, it was an inter- interesting climate at the time. Like the music industry was sort of like turning on its head, uh, because of like the invention of the iPod and everything and nobody knew what to do. Um, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, it was, uh, there, and there's just like a lot of factors at play in sort of me deciding like, uh, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I, and actually the more I think about it, maybe it was a desire for some, some control because hmm. I think yeah. one interesting thing about animation is that, um, you're in control of every single little aspect of yeah, your project, yeah. you know? Um, so I think there's something about that that was appealing to me at the time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I kind of, uh, NYU doesn't have, uh, a straight up animation major. Um, and I kind of, uh, sort of weaseled my way into, um, uh, a situation at the school by transferring into their Gallatin program where you do an individualized major and you kind of construct your own c- curriculum. Um, I was then able to um, take all the animation classes there were uh, that they had to offer without transferring uh, to be a film major, which w- would have cost me a lot more time and money. Um, and uh, but it was great. I, I uh, loved the animation department there as small as it was, it was just amazing. The faculty was awesome. Um, Our department head was this um, uh, incredible, um, you know, animation historian, storyteller, Oscar winner, uh, John Kane maker. Um, So it was just, it was an incredible um, program to be part of. And so, and I was like a, a lab TA there, you know, I just spent like all my time (laughs) that I could have there. Um, So, so yeah, it definitely, like, I didn't, come out of it with like an official animation uh degree but it was uh it was the next best thing it was it was awesome so did
0: you kind of then like how, what was your next step then after school did you look for um maybe internships or did you look for freelance
1: so uh coming out of school i had interned at augenblick studios which was a really cool place full of really talented people um on a really uh weird show called super jail for adult swim (laughs) so i had um you know gotten got my feet wet a little bit um and and oh wow so
0: you went right into to television was that kind of you know as you Mm -hmm. were kind of getting into you know transitioning maybe from from aspirations for your music career into animation was that kind of Mm -hmm. your first instinct was like i want to work on tv
1: Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, in, in, in school, it, uh, motion graphics as, as a, as a phrase, like, um, I don't think really existed for me yet. Um, uh, and I had no idea that that's sort of where I was going, but, um, but at the time it was very much in, in NYU's, um, you know, program in particular was very, uh, you know, you're drawing on paper. They, they even still had cells you know, that people oh, could wow. paint on. Like, yeah. people, they were starting to dra- transition to digital stuff. But, um, I mean, it was just very, very classically oriented. And um, uh, so, yeah, that's, that's definitely where I gravitated towards. And also, uh, the first studio I really worked at, Curious Pictures, um, I was an assistant animator on... Uh, Disney's Little Einsteins (laughs) and it it was it also just happened to be like right next door to NYU so it's all kind of you know it was like baby steps kind of getting out of there
0: so I'm curious did you have like kind of a niche that you were kind of focused on that that got you into television maybe character animation or illustration or something like that
1: yeah I mean I was I was definitely going with um, starting with it sort of trying to emulate the things that I loved which you know were like Old school Nicktoons, and um, there was a huge uh, portion of our faculty at NYU that was from MTV animation because it was shortly after they had stopped making like um, Celebrity Deathmatch and Daria and yeah, know, yeah. all that stuff. So, um, so you know, it was just the role models there definitely had me looking towards television, um, but it was interesting just like how fast once you get out into the world and start working, how fast you realize how many other um, applications for animation there are sort of like Mm. as a career and you know.
0: Yeah. So, so I'm curious in, in this kind of stage, I understand you worked on, on another show right after little Einstein's, but this kind of, this kind of period of, of working in television, kind of what was your main, uh, your main role on these, on these shows?
1: They were, like, my first gigs, so I was doing sort of, like, assistant work and, like, layout work. And it was actually, now that I think about it, a very lucky thing that these um, sort of traditional, um, you know, television shows were, were using After Effects in their pipeline because... I mean, it could have easily been some sort of weird, obscure, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, uh, software that was only applicable to television animation. And sure. then I kind of yeah, yeah. would have been stuck there. totally, yeah, yeah stuck. Uh, but it, it did make the transition into other kind of, uh, you know, graphics work and stuff like that uh, very easy because it was all, all using the same Stuff.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm curious, did you, like, were there any, like, kind of established, like, character rigs or anything like that to maybe get into some, like, the, the nitty-gritty of it, if if you will? Um, oh,
1: yeah. I, yeah, because um, I don't know.
0: Because, like, you know, After Effects, like, some of these other, the other stuff that is out there now, like Toon Boom or something like that, like, have you know, a little bit kind of like a rig structure setup and things like that. And But After Effects really mm-hmm. doesn't have anything like that, but I've seen some like crazy stuff. Like um, I don't know, there's a really cool video on YouTube. I saw about uh, the Angry Birds television show and how they developed these crazy and really cool in-house tools um, for their rigs and things like that. Um, oh yeah. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's super cool. Um,
1: I haven't seen the Angry Birds one, but definitely like that's something I notice anytime I'm watching a show. Um, you know, I think like probably Archer is probably a really good example yeah, of one too, yeah. where they've definitely got some like crazy pipeline in there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, actually, both of the shows I had worked on, Little Einsteins and Third and Bird, um, relied pretty heavily on uh, rigs and um, reuse animation, also. Um, yeah. So, uh, so they were interesting. Both shows were kind of a collage of different things. Like Little Einsteins actually um, integrated a lot of Flash elements. Oh, okay, like. Cool. So more cartoony looking things, but then like the backgrounds would be made out of Photoshop and then there would be like After Effects puppets in there. And um, and uh, it was an interesting time to be working in that stuff because, e- I mean, even more so After Effects was not necessarily the appropriate tool. Like mm, they have yeah. started to catch up and, you know, Puppet Tool was big and that, <laughs> that made a lot of cool things happen. But this is like, you know, 2007, 2008 and it was really... You really had to get in there and and write expressions and, mm, and really okay, cool. think out your rigs and, and do crazy stuff like that. But yeah. yeah.
0: So, so is that the kind of thing like, you know, here's this character, like you're in charge of this character, just like make a rig, make it efficient. Like, was it that kind of open ended? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I remember um, at one point needing to rig a crab. And that was, like, the ultimate, like, <laughs> like proving ground for me was trying to, like, r- rig a six-legged creature with um, IK and all this stuff. And this was, like, I think maybe the very f- first version of After Effects that included the puppet tool, maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was definitely, it was, like, a really great um, place just to, like, learn and experiment.
0: So I, I understand that. So in, in 2009, you you decided to kind of leave and, and kind of jump into um, the freelance world. Um, could you tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about kind of what made you decide to um, kind of jump out there?
1: Well, um The show I was working on uh, wrapped, and um, it was probably not so much of a decision as a a forced, uh, you know, forced out into the world, and just needing to look for new more work and being in New York at a time where you know a lot of bigger and older production houses are starting to slow down and you know there's just kind of like this paradigm shift happening where smaller studios are able to do more things and are bringing um you know teams of people to do it and um I I was certainly it wasn't also just because I was forced to but just I was like really excited by like the work that was being done at places like Hornet um for instance and and it was just so cool, like, to kind of, like, sort of start making lists of these little, these, these studios and, you know, all this this work that they had been doing. And, and at the time, I, f- I feel like, I, I wonder, like, do you know when Motionographer started as a blog?
0: No, I don't. Feel like That's a great question, I'm, though.
1: I'm trying to just remember how I I would, like, find these things, you know. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I feel like Motionographer did a lot as far as just, like, putting things all in one place and um and so, yeah, I mean, I just started, like, cold emailing studios and, and just being like, this is, you know, me. This is what I do. This Here's my reel. Um, if you ever need somebody who can do A, B, and C, please hit me up. And Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and it is a small world. So um, there are some people I knew over at um, Hornet. Um, so I was just, yeah, lucky enough to start getting called in for projects over there. And that, that really started my full-fledged career. Uh, freelance career, I guess, at that time.
0: That's also, I'm curious how that transition went. Did you feel that, like, television prepared you pretty well uh, for working freelance and and working at all these studios?
1: Um, I... No, really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, there's, there's an interesting thing and I still, I still think about it uh, quite a lot just in terms of how separate the two worlds can be with like yeah. um, classical sort of character animation and uh, sort of there's, there's a little bit of like a, a dustiness to like uh, <laughs> the old school Uh, mindset in in character animation and um and those kinds of pipelines uh versus like sort of like the the shiny new Mm. uh mechanism of of motion design and um sort of you know i i think that one of the things about working on a tv show um that can be a little bit you know it's something to look out for if if you're an animator on 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 one of those kinds of things because it's it is just such a um specialized pipeline and you're not necessarily like, you can always like, there were certain things like, you know, rigging puppets and everything like that. Um, certain new skills to be picked up for sure. But, um, you really have to be proactive about, uh, like sort of exploring things like outside of the style of, of this one show you're working on, because it's just like you develop these really, um, strong habits, you know, just because, because you're working in the same world for such a long time. Um, versus, you know, working on commercial projects where, you know, every couple of weeks, you may be diving into like a whole new environment with all different rules of of motion and dynamics and stuff like that. And so I think that, you know, on the one hand, there, there were certain things, definitely, there, there were so many things to be learned um, while working on TV shows. But at the same time, it was very easy to stagnate. And mm. um, and I've, I've actually seen a lot of people have trouble transitioning from, you know, I mean, I've seen people leave, leave the industry after a, a TV show wrapped because oh, they wow. just weren't, they just didn't. What, for whatever reason um you know freelancing was either too scary or not just not appealing or or whatever and they didn't necessarily want to step out of the world of character animation and um yeah so so it's interesting i mean i think that that there is like uh, a stronger bridge forming between the two worlds but um i still feel like it's very interesting that like um there's a event that I go to every fall, which is super awesome. If you're into animation, character animation, it's called CTN Expo, and it's in Burbank. And it's really interesting because it's just, like, so many artists and, and animators, and everybody who's there is, like, just ridiculously talented. It's, like, an int- incredibly intimidating place to be. <laughs> but, um <laughs> But one of the craziest things about it to me is that, um, you know, everyone there, they know who Disney and Pixar, you know, like all of the big DreamWorks, all those big studios are. And um, that's, you know, the main topic of conversation there. Uh, but then when I've, you know, I'll be like waiting in line with people to go see a panel or something. And. Um, you know, I'll say, oh yeah, I've been animating. I, you know, worked at Buck and Psyop and blah blah. blah. And like they just they've never <laughs> heard of these places. Yeah. They're like, What wow, is really? That's what's crazy. You? And yeah, it's crazy to me. So I, there is like sort of this weird disconnect that for whatever reason, um, where you know, whereas I feel like they're these two worlds should be like best friends. They should. They artists should be traveling freely from one one side to the other. You know, yeah. it, it's a lot of the same skills and and stuff. So um, I don't know. It's just an interesting. That is interesting.
0: So, how did you make that transition? Did you try to maybe start with what you know, you know, with like character animation, launching into freelance, and then maybe branch out Mm -hmm. from there?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of the freelance gigs I was taking um, were like very character oriented, um, and I'm trying to think of like what what would mark my like real departure from from. Because you uh, you started mostly working
0: at Hornet, um, and then I Mm -hmm. know that. Uh, you moved on to Three-Legged Legs for a little bit with um, who, with Greg Gunn, who's last week's yeah. or two weeks ago episode, which is awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And then Gentleman Scholar and Buck and Visual Creatures and Psyop, which I didn't know Psyop. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. So like,
0: I mean, man, such mm-hmm. an incredible list of some of the best of the best studios out there. Um yeah, I mean, and, and especially like you're saying, I mean, and all these studios are, are known for doing mm-hmm. such a vast array of different styles. And um, I, I don't know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's quite a, an, an impressive list. So, yeah, I don't know. Did you feel like you, were, you had to play catch up or was it just kind of like, let's just go with it and see what happens kind of a deal?
1: Oh, yeah, it was definitely like uh, flying by the seat of my pants. Like, I don't know, you know, just (laughs) what. like, let me just dive into whatever project. I'm pretty sure I can do that. Let's do that. You know, Um, I am definitely very lucky that it's worked out as well as it has, um, because there are a lot of scenarios where, you know, I was walking into things. Actually, um, it was one of the things that uh, in a previous episode, Jordan Scott said, which struck me was that he was he was talking about how you know, he, it, it's, and it's, it's such an obvious and simple idea, um, just to ask about what project you're, you're being brought on for, you know, like to find out more information, get like, get boards and actually, you know, have them, uh, sort of brief you on the exact project. I would just like, somebody would email me and say like, are you available? I'd be like, yeah, I'm there like this. Let's go. Like yeah. I, I would, I, I've walked into so many studios, not having any idea what i was working on that day mm. i don't know why it didn't occur to me that i could i could more <laughs> like like tailor maybe what i was working on to more of my interests or something but i was just like especially when I was in the thick of freelancing, like, uh, yeah, you know, I would just, somebody would ask if I was available and if they had something for me, I would just take it. I wouldn't mm-hmm. even know what I was working on. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and it, and I guess it, it brought me into a lot of situations where I was like, well, I guess they think I can do this. So I guess I can, <laughs> I guess do,
0: this. I can do this. Man, there's so there's so much great stuff in freelance, but I do want to get uh, to where you are now. And then maybe we can, we can loop back to that. Um, okay. but so you've, um, you had this this incredible stint around uh, what, like five, six years ish of, of freelance, is mm-hmm. that right? Uh, and mm-hmm. then you decided to leave again. You decided to go back to television. So I'm I'm curious why mm-hmm. um, why the transition back, and then yeah, to kind of tell us you know what you're up to now.
1: Uh, well, I definitely um, television was always still in my periphery, um, even when I was at my happiest freelancing. Um, But I will say that freelancing got kind of (laughs) old at certain points. Um, At some point, it it did start to feel like... uh, I think I almost was my own worst enemy in that, like, I I started... I I was really good at, like, automating stuff and creating really, like, optimized, um, sort of rigged files in in After Effects. It didn't even have to be characters. Like, there was a lot of UI animation that, you know, like, I liked to just make... um, just with respect to like the really really um, fast pipelines in, in advertising, and then also just the tendency to need like revisions upon revisions, you know, mm, and like yeah. to be able to easily do stuff like that. So I found myself kind of being called in to clean up a lot of messes, mm. and um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was, I think, a string of just frustrating projects, and then just the timing, you know, was was right. I uh, I'm not even really sure how bento box um i mean they they reached out to me and and asked if i wanted to come visit the studio initially and um yeah i i think i probably like put my my website into like uh their database or something at this one of these you know uh like the ctn expo or something where you know studios they have little booths where they kind of meet people and yeah um so i think it, it kind of maybe originated there but um So I visited them and then I think it was probably several, several months before maybe like as much as six months before I actually um, got hired and started on, on that show, Border Town, uh, which was an interesting experience um, because it was, it was like totally as different from freelance as you could get. Like freelance Mm -hmm. was like the wild West, yeah, like no rules. Everything is just (laughs) like crazy. Like make up your own rate, do whatever you're going to do. And um, you know, the hours are crazy and, and then um, I went on to this show at, or at Bento Box, which is uh, which was a union show, actually. Oh no way! Uh, had to join the Animation Guild. Yeah. Wow. So so that was an interesting experience. Um, so it was just totally totally different worlds, um, you know, hopping from one to the other. Uh, but it was it was cool. It was I think what I needed at the time. It, it like provided some structure <laughs> in in what had kind of just become like a w- really wild ride, and I was like a little bit tired of sort of. Um, going like full speed all the time with freelance. Mm. So, yeah,
0: no, I'm curious. So, so what was your role in the show? And do you, Mm -hmm. do you feel like, you know, you've had this, this intense, um, kind of freelance career. I'm curious, were you able to kind of bring, Mm -hmm. uh, anything back from that, that long, you know, stint as a freelancer and, and working in advertising Mm -hmm. to the show, uh, back into TV?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. I think, um, the ability to sort of act like a chameleon and jump into all these different scenarios and kind of work in, in every you know, I think like once you get around to all these different studios, you sort of develop this ability to to really quickly recognize like certain things about, you know, their pipeline and the just the the staff and the you know, like sort of the just the hierarchy of things and just, you know, you have to you develop these skills to just really quickly sort of fit yourself into um, uh, this machine, you know, and and uh, I think freelance also really taught me how to work quickly. Which was really important. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's always important. But yeah, it was really interesting though to go from working on something different like every week to sort of settling in and and realizing, okay, I'm gonna be drawing these characters for the next six months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my role there, uh sorry, I feel like I like forget the question. Oh, yeah no, <laughs> midway I, through my answer. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> but um but my role there uh was animator. Um there was a really awesome supervising animator there, and then uh, two assistant animators. So there was actually just four of us. Oh, wow. And um, if that sounds weird, it's because the rest of the animators, there, there were a lot of other animators on the show, but the rest of them were in Korea. So No way. Um, so we were to, kind of this little skeleton in-house crew. That's crazy. That would... Yeah, it is really crazy. They um, they would do like the first pass of all the animation in Korea and then we were sort of the retakes team. And so uh-huh. we would take care of um, last minute rewrites and revisions. And of course, um, you know, there's always certain things that'll happen in translation uh, when you're <laughs> yeah. sending work out um, where, you know, s- scenes could come back with all kinds of different, you know, uh, Little, like you know, maybe the wrong characters are saying the wrong line or something is you know <laughs> all kinds of weird things can happen um so we were there to kind of like uh fix that kind of stuff, and yeah, so we were sort of uh the catch all for those concerns and and there was a lot of uh even though it was like a small team uh, or I guess it because it was a small team there was there was a lot of work uh in that respect to divide amongst ourselves so.
0: Well, this kind of brings us to now. Um, so your your kind of next <laughs> gig is is where you are now with uh, the Late Late Show with James Corden. So if if you could first yeah. maybe tell us how how you kind of worked your way into this gig, and then what what is your yeah. job now? What is what is kind of the day to day look like?
1: Um, yeah, it was, it's really different (laughs) and it's definitely not a place i'd ever would have thought i would have found myself um i'm just incredibly lucky that there was a huge sea change in late night television in the past couple of years and all of these you know legends you know like letterman have retired and sort of mixed things up quite a bit um because typically you know these shows run for decades you know and it's and it seems it always seemed to me like that the people who got those gigs kept them because because it's awesome i mean who and it's a it's a cool place to be um so i um i was finishing up uh on border town at bento wax and uh a buddy of mine um who does graphics over on The Tonight Show, uh, actually he's, he was just sort of like, hey, I, I, somebody I know is looking for recommendations of people. Like, do you want me to send them your information? And oh, so wow. I, cool. was, and I was just like, oh, of course. Like, um, and admittedly, I didn't know who James Corden was at the time. Or I, <laughs> I did know, actually. I did because I love Stephen Colbert and I watched uh, him on the last uh, week of Stephen Colbert's yeah. um, Colbert Report uh and i and i was like oh he's going to be the part of that late night team there and and you know i just like saw him on the show and thought he was delightful and uh but i you know i didn't didn't certainly didn't occur to me that um while i was watching like those last episodes of colbert that that could uh, impact my life in some way <laughs> um so yeah i just i went over there and visited uh, at cbs which was sort of an interesting experience because um, uh so the Late Late Show tapes on uh the lot in Hollywood um called Television City. And uh it's a, it's the same they tape a bunch of different things there and um and I had only been there once before in my life and it was as a senior in high school trying unsuccessfully to be on the Price Is right. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like I was like, Oh, I remember this place. <laughs> this is weird. I'm going in here for a job interview, but um but yeah, it was cool, and it was it was just very apparent, you know, um, that the people running the show and and the whole entire crew uh, were just really really awesome people that I definitely felt myself um, drawn to and, and saw a lot of potential um, in working with them. So so yeah, I was psyched to be offered the position, and um, my official title is senior graphics producer uh, now because <laughs> because actually I did. Uh, almost the entire first season, um, doing all the graphics for the show by myself. Oh, wow! And, um, now I'm very happy to say, um, I'm the lead on a group of two, That's awesome. which is fantastic. Yeah. So, um,
0: very cool. So yeah. i am I'm immensely curious. I mean, I, I, there are very few people in, in a role like what you have. Um, what, what is it mm-hmm. like? I mean, I mean, there's so, I mean, there's, there's an episode what, five days a week. Um,
1: uh, it's four days a four week, luckily. Okay. Yeah. Um, and
0: um, Are you guys working for yeah. content like every single day or do you kind of uh, yeah. you know, work up towards some bigger pieces over time? What's that like?
1: It's a little bit of a mixture of both. Like we have um, like definitely day to day there's you gotta be ready to address a lot of random topical things. Sure. Um, like um, for instance there's a monologue every day. And the monologue is usually um, going to reference a bunch of, like, news headlines. And yeah. um, maybe we want to show, like, a mashup of Hillary Clinton and Lady Gaga for some reason. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. there's uh, some kind of, you know, Photoshop, you know, composition. Um, uh, so random little gags like that as they come up, um, which really do come up on the day of. Um And then, uh, so, so there's that stuff. Then there's also games that we play on the show. Um, like there's, there's one called emoji news and it's like about, it's where the audience members try to guess, um, what this weird news headline was based on emojis. Um, so, so that's kind of fun. Um, and then, and then we'll have a few things, um, at any given point in time, uh, that we're trying to do for, uh, trying to think of an example like we did uh this whole episode from the youtube headquarters and we opened it with like this very spectacular um music video like featuring a lot of youtube stars and stuff like that and um so there'll be you know whenever we do something like that there'll be a whole array of like maybe some little like visual effectsy type things like or or um cleanup you know um It's, it's, it's all kinds of stuff. It's so, it's crazy. It's like every day you walk in, it's it's just (laughs) something and someone has a new idea and it's like, is this possible? I don't know. Let's try it. Well, it seems like
0: almost like a throwback to your freelance days, but even maybe even more fast paced and random Yeah, because you walk in and it's just like, oh, well, didn't know what we were doing today, but now we're doing this and it's crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, it is, it's like freelancing but at one place like yeah. almost. Um, Cause you're, you, yeah, my role changes like every couple of hours, I would say in a, in any given day um, based on like what, you know, what we need to do for the show. But um, another interesting aspect of the job is sort of to, to um, the original like brand and identity uh, was done by Trollback. They did an excellent job yeah. uh, branding the show and doing the titles and um, giving us this great logo and, um, so that was all done out of house before I got there. And then sort of one of my, um, responsibilities go moving forward from that was to sort of create all these other assets for the show that kind of lived in the same world. And, cool. um, yeah. that's been a really like fun, creative exercise. Cause we have this really cool stage and, um, and I do work in, in an office that's like semi connected, you know, like it's all kind of in the same area as, as the stage. And, um, and it's been fun to kind of, like, work in this style that's, like, inspired by the show and, and sort of, like, the attitude of it. Lots of sparkly neon lights, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, but but it's, it's, it's cool. It's, that's another, like, kind of fun aspect of the job.
0: Yeah. So one thing I, I am a bit curious about, I mean, I feel like you might have an interesting take on um, – I don't know maybe collaboration kind of in in the work environment especially since you you probably are working with people of Mm -hmm. um maybe different skill sets like like i mean like writing i mean there's there's tons of writers for these shows and um that in itself is is an incredible um creative art um and and requires an incredible amount of skill and 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 you're working with designers i'm sure and and just all all kinds of people so i'm curious maybe if you could talk Mm -hmm. talk a little bit to that
1: Yeah, definitely. Um going from a place where you feel like you're, you know, in a community of people that all speak the same language, and then you go into this scenario where like sort of everyone has this incredibly different skill set and you're all kind of trying to meet in the middle um with with that. And so so yeah, there's a um it's really cool to have the chance to uh collaborate directly, you know, with writers and um and producers on the show. It's it's such a cool feeling to sort of be in on the the very like birth of the concept of an idea uh, just because everything goes so fast, yeah. you know, versus, you know, when I was brought in on like, let's say like on Border Town, like animation didn't even start until, you know, the everything had been written like months before that. Yeah. And so as an animator, typically what I was used to was coming into projects very far down the line, you know, like one of the last people... Um, in the pipeline to touch it, yeah. So now, though, here at, at the late late show, it's just like this making things from scratch you know, constantly and, and getting to be involved in every part of that process and you know from beginning to end. So that that's a really cool thing.
0: Yeah, and it seems like such an insane cycle of like concept to completion, and and it's amazing you have you have run the full mm-hmm. gamut. I mean, uh, with the exception of maybe uh, a feature. Um, but Mm -hmm. television to these, these month long process to freelance, which is, you know, like weeks Mm -hmm. to now to, to late, late show, which is like, (laughs) I don't, seems like hours or like days, you know? (laughs) I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. That's, that's like, I think all the projects that we have to do are fast. I I don't know. Do you ever, do you ever miss these like longer, bigger projects?
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. And I, and I hope to keep, um, keep kind of taking things on the side, you know, like we do have hiatuses, uh, on the lately show. Um, so we'll have these little breaks during the year and that's like the perfect time to kind of try and cook up some, some new ideas for just, you know, um, you know, maybe take freelance or do personal projects, but, uh, but just, and and still on the subject of collaboration, I will have to say that like, um, freelancing was, uh, I I think that, um, you've had, conversations with um, other people on past episodes that alluded to just the process of finding um, people to work with and, yeah. and excellent teammates and, um, and how hard that can be. And I think freelance was kind of like this awesome sort of fast track or, you know, like, it's almost like, um, like speed dating of the working world. <laughs> like, um, cause you would just hop around all these different places and like the projects that, that stick out in my mind, you know, were made with uh, teams like Three Legged Legs or um, the crews over at Blind um, and Visual Creatures, where just like the people were just so amazing, and it's just you you develop even sort of your own. Like I've I've felt like. In, through freelancing I've, I've been able to meet people to where we we've like developed our own sense of humor surrounding sure, like yeah. the the animation or like weird goofy stuff we want to make together and um yeah i definitely um you know a lot of people it's you know interesting because you you all come together for this one project and then everybody goes their separate ways and it's and you maybe you go like a year and a half without even seeing or speaking to each other but um there are, I've definitely met a good handful of people to where it's like, I feel like at any point in time I could sit down with them and make something, uh, you know, and it's, but at the same point I, and, and on that note, like I need them, you know, like yeah. I, I need those people and I, I, have to like, you know, work hard to keep them in my life because they're just so freaking talented and inspiring <laughs> and fun to work with. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that, I mean, that's awesome too. And I think that's where a lot of, at least me personally, like where a lot of like the learning comes from and, and that development comes from, it's just like working alongside, um, other talented mm-hmm. people and other, other talented animators and, and just conceptual thinkers and, and, all, and all this stuff. I'm I'm curious, mm-hmm. what, what would you say that you are learning now?
1: Um, well, let's say animation in general. Um, it seems like it's really important to sort of just be committed to being like a lifelong learner, like, um, you know, there, for a while before I kind of got sucked back into like the 2d, uh, graphics world, um, there was a point in time where I was like, re- like seriously starting to think about, uh, pursuing like CG character animation, oh, wow. um, or cool. just at least really wanted to know how to do it. Um, you know, like, I think there've been, you know, like obviously like, uh, all the Pixar movies or, you know, sure. like I, I had seen like, uh, Wreck it, Ralph. And I was just like, oh, I want to make stuff like that, you know, like, um, because I'm just like so close where I'm at, but I'm just not, you know, like, uh, I need to really get good at my And, um, so that was something that, uh, through sort of, per, you know, kind of gaining more interest in that area and sort of, sort of returning back to like that purely character mindset, mm. that was where I kind of found, you know, there's, um, uh, g- again, to mention this uh, CTN Expo event, uh, one of the coolest things about it is that um, these incredible animators will give excellent talks. Um, like there's a there's an animator uh, named Michael McCarvich at Pixar, and uh, also um, Ted T. He works at DreamWorks, I believe, right now, and he, I think he's also taught at CalArts. Um, so there's just various people like that that I love to go and, you know, see whether they're at this this expo once a year or various times throughout the year. Maybe they'll come uh, do a master class in L.A. or something. Yeah. And, um, and you might be surprised by, like, the things that they go over in those classes. I think that they're surprisingly applicable to, you know, cause I've always thought of motion graphics as sort of just like an abstraction of, of character and, and attitude and stuff like that. And, um, they really dissect what's funny is that they, they'll show, they'll have like all these clips to show and discuss with the class. And they're largely like live action. They're, they're examples of incredible acting or mm. incredible scenarios or, or, uh, you know, say it's a situation where you, you're watching like an animal solve a problem like in, in real life, you know, and you see that, you notice, like, what is it about how this animal is constructed and what it's, what its intelligence is and its skill sets mm-hmm. are that, that makes it have to like, you know, get the treat out of the box this way. And, um, which is, I, I think it's, it's just the, you know, learning how to observe and notice that stuff is so useful for animation. Um, I mean, and even, even in graphics where you're, you're thinking more, um, abstractly you know about like shapes and you know is this like a is this a happy bouncing ball or you know um or logo animation (laughs) something like that so yeah i don't know if that answered the question at all (laughs) no no i think it
0: did (laughs) no it's it's always amazing to me like where just like listening to people that that inspire me and and like just where they get that I don't know that inspiration from like, like I find so much inspiration just from Mm -hmm. like watching live action stuff and, and just watching, yeah. Like you said, like actors and just YouTube Mm -hmm. videos of animals and things like that. It's like amazing where it comes from. Um, Yeah. I am curious that you, since you do have to like kind of come up with so many ideas and do so many like projects over a given time, do you ever feel like you, Maybe like run out of ideas or something like you just like have to move through mm-hmm. them so quickly, so i guess yeah do you do you ever feel like yeah. there's some maybe creative dry spells and, and and how do you get through that
1: oh yeah, um, yeah, all the time, all the time, um I think that gosh that's a, that's an interesting question, because. Um, it's it's funny, like especially, and this is something you I think you learn in, in freelance too, is that you're just like not allowed to have that. Right. You're just not allowed to not have an idea. You know? yeah. You'd have to, especially <laughs> Which when you're is booked. terrifying, By the <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're booked. You're on the clock. You know, you really gotta come up with some good boards by like five o'clock. <laughs> yeah. And, oh
0: gosh.
1: Uh, yeah. You just described um, my day
0: today. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. It's like oh crap. Um, I don't know. I I think that. I'm still learning how to deal with that, um, for sure. Cause it happens every day where, um, you know, where, uh, they make up a new game, uh, of, on the show to play. And it's like, you know, okay, so we're going to play this game on the show today. And we need like a little five second title card for it. And, um, you know, and, and it's just, you know, you get the name of the game and that's it. And you may, they, maybe <laughs> they're still working out the particulars of how it's going to work or what it's about. And, yeah. um, and you just kind of have to like do some little five second animation based on a very generic idea at times. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's still something I'm learning to deal with, but I think in general, I try my best to just, you know, sometimes, I mean, actually what's been interesting on the show is that I've learned that, that sometimes you, you have to just because you, by nature, the fact that you have to have something, yeah. uh, something is better than nothing. And even if you don't love it, um, uh, just keep going and don't, don't be afraid of something that doesn't look good. Or, you know, like it's very easy to get self-conscious about an idea that you're tossing out there and you, you don't love it. Uh, it's important to, you know, get, get other people's eyes on it. Cause they can tell you what's good about it, even if there are problems with it. And, um, and also, I mean, whenever you can, I don't always have this luxury in, in, uh, with our time constraints, but the, the more you can like, get away from the computer for a minute, oh, like yeah. go take a walk and, and sort of breathe some fresh air and like observe some, some life, you know, I, I can't remember. I feel like there's like an exact saying somewhere that's some some exact quote or something, but, uh, I, I know I've heard it said a lot, um, among like, you know, animators at, at Disney and stuff that, you know, you can't, you can't animate life if you don't go out and live life. Mm, So, um, but you know, it is, it's, it's easy to lose that perspective when you're, you know, you're working long hours and you're very like obsessed with making like this perfect thing, (laughs) you know, for sure.
0: You get tunnel vision. It's all you can think about. And then, then you lose perspective and that's the worst place to be. Yeah. For sure. And that's
1: how you get stuck.
0: (laughs) So, so like you were saying, you do have to come up with all these ideas. Do you have any like go-to like, um, places for inspiration maybe like if you're if you're trying to come up mm-hmm. with an idea
1: um yeah i mean you know certainly like i'm i mean i will say one thing and I, I don't know if this is for inspiration or because i'm feeling competitive but i'm always looking at all the other um late night graphics uh oh, okay, <laughs> teams yeah. Yeah, all yeah. the co- other shows <laughs> kind of looking around and um and i mean that was kind of like i I was actually a huge part of me like just learning how to do my job i was like trying to look around and see what other um shows were doing in that that regard because there's there is some some sort of a standard it seems like for just how you're going to display information in a a Uh, comedic way
0: obviously late late show is the best but who else is doing a a good (laughs) job out there i'm curious who who would you say is your your favorite other than late late show
1: um, I love, uh, last week tonight with John Oliver. I love the yes. graphics on that show. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. I do too. I don't, yeah. I don't know a soul on that team, but I always just watch that and think like how, how well done it is and just how, uh, expertly they execute, sure. um, they have a different punchlines. They have a
0: whole week. So. <laughs> yeah. I always
1: tell myself that they have a whole week. <laughs> That's yeah. But, um, but yeah, i I just, I've definitely, um, And I think just uh, it's important to look to other, other mediums. Like, I mean, just to circle back to the fact that I had started in music, you know, I definitely find inspiration in things that are uh, related to, but not exactly animation. You know, I, um, I think that I've, I found that there's a lot of um, musicians that are also animators uh, because of, of how, you know, there's so many strong correlations, between that kind of creative work yeah. and um and just your sense of rhythm and timing and um so i, I like to look to th- things like that or or um certainly like uh, i think i'm luckily very inspired by um humor <laughs> <laughs> yeah. comedy i love you know um certainly you know, I'm, i mean i'm just a huge fan of, of of all kinds of podcasts in general but i i definitely uh like to listen to, you know, like, uh, comedy bang, bang or so you know, oh, the yeah. improv yeah, podcast yeah. where, where you have these goofy, uh, and then maybe this is because of my, you know, background with character animation, you know, I just, I, I love like a goofy voice and a goofy, you know, trying to think of what I could do with like a, a, a really silly characters <laughs> yeah. audio. Um, so yeah.
0: Well, well, before we wrap things up, I, I'm curious, do you have any, I don't know. Maybe like goals for the show, like moving forward, or maybe even moving forward for for you personally or your own career.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a tricky one. Because um, I still feel like we. I mean, we've been doing the show for. We just started our second season but it, in some ways it just, it feels like I just got there. <laughs> and then yeah. like, I just, um, and that we're still sort of like figuring things out and, um, and it's, and it's still very exciting in that respect. So I certainly haven't had too much time to kind of contemplate the future necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> it's just um, go, go, go. Yeah. Uh, but I think, yeah, definitely there's, uh, there's, one of the most exciting things about being a part of a show like this is that there's every day, you know, you kind of wake up and you walk into the office and, and like, there's some like really cool, you know, maybe they, they, they booked some, you know, awesome celebrity that they, that will now give us the chance to do a skit based on this thing they did. Or, <laughs> you know, so there's always this, that potential for some like really cool thing. Yeah. Um, uh, to to come in and and uh, to just get started working on that right away, um, but I think a lot of my goals right now kind of lie in in sort of trying to get back into like I mean the just it, being invited to do this podcast in general made me realize that, um, I haven't paid any attention to like my online presence and <laughs> like in the, in years now. So my website's a little outdated. Um, uh, like I said, like I've never deleted anything from my Vimeo account. I don't even know what's <laughs> on there anymore. Um, lots of just, yeah, I just kind of used it as a little, my own personal animation garbage can. And, um, uh, so I think I think that uh, in the future, I, I do want to sort of uh, clean up my act a little bit. <laughs> and and um, but also just I, I, I do want to keep working on my own stuff, you know, in my free time, just for fun, if, if anything, just as an exercise. You know, I, I still feel like I have like a lot of ideas for like animated shorts and stuff like that, that I would love to. Um, you know, eventually, just I don't know, do some some kind of film festival submissions, kind of yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Are you working on anything um, right now? Nothing right now. No.
0: Cool. Just have I have a well, few
1: ideas, but nothing like actively.
0: Yeah, well, we'll in the next. we'll have to look forward to these these future shorts. I'm excited to see them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a mystery. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, we try to end each episode with the same few questions. So the first one uh, is, "Who is your dream client?" And I, and I know that now you're, you're full time, mm-hmm. but maybe just imagine that. Mm -hmm. you know you're you're freelance again or something like that maybe who knows Mm -hmm. at at some point in the future but yeah i don't do you have any any sort of dream client
1: um yeah i've i've been thinking about this one because i know you've asked um and i mean in in a way uh, right now um you know i can't i it's hard for me to think of anything better than, than creating graphics every day that are the sole purpose of which is to, to make people laugh, you know, to be involved in comedy and stuff like that. Um, So I don't know. I think that when, when I look to the future, as far as like, you know, wouldn't that be cool if kind of projects, I, I think that I more have like dream collaborations with other like artists and animators that I've, I've like met and worked with over the years and, um, you know, like there's people I've worked with before, like there's this fantastic illustrator, um, Tuna Bora, who I love, like everything that she's, she draws, like I, I immediately like see like a story about it, like her characters and, in, you know, even just like props and things it's, it, there's so much, um, life in it, um. So I've, and it's, and it, I think the only thing that's holding me back from doing a collaboration with her is, is myself. You know, we all, we're all just so busy. Uh, basically, my dream would be to win the lottery and build like a treehouse studio. <laughs> oh, wow. And invite, yeah, all those, all those just awesome artists that I worked with at Blind, you know, um, yeah, I could I start naming people that there's just so many. Um, yeah, so I think that my, that would be more my dream is to like kind of like find these like illustrators and animators that, that I admire and work with them.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. All right, next question: Your favorite animated film?
1: Um, that one. So I was thinking, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> that's a really hard question for me, but I think that I will officially say there is this animated short called The Big Snit. Um, oh. and if, <laughs> for those who haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It, um, was, uh, made by the, it's, it was made by an animator named Richard Condi. It was, uh, released by the National Film Board of Canada. And, um, if, if for people who are familiar with that co- category of animation and films, it's just all just amazing stuff. But, um, I, I just, uh, it, it was made in like the eighties, but I had it on a VHS tape when I was growing up. And I loved it. Like, it just, I feel like it's very formative in my sense of humor and absurdity. And it's just like a very weird cartoon that I just, I love to death. Oh, that's awesome. I'll
0: have to check it out. That's (laughs) my answer. Next question. What do the people you love think you do for a living? So maybe, maybe parents or... I mean, I imagine your husband has a pretty good grasp on it. It's not really that hard to explain. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh no, my husband definitely because he he's um, a designer, a, a, an amazing designer, um, and and he's also he you know, is currently free- freelance. But oh, um, cool. uh, yeah, he's more he's certainly more of the like, uh, and we've we've like worked at some of the same studios uh, and stuff over the years, but uh, never really at the same time because he's a different part of the pipeline. He's more uh, very strictly a designer conceptual, you know, yeah. um, yeah, it's all the stuff that I find very hard for me, which is just <laughs> like the, you know, starting with that grain of the idea and developing the whole world around it. Um, yeah. so, That's so awesome. he's very familiar with what I do. Uh, but, uh, yeah. And then I think actually my job on the late, late show kind of has helped to clarify <laughs>
0: yeah, <I bet. laughs> for a I lot bet. of people
1: in the family. And yeah, just turn uh, on it CBS really,
0: It you know, whatever, whatever time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll see it. Crazy late time in the morning. Yeah. you know at 1235 AM or whatever <laughs> it's, uh, uh, we're certainly thankful for anyone who stays up that late to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was, it was actually, it was funny to actually have a place to, because it's, it's, you don't usually have like such a, a, a tangible like location and yeah. you know place to bring people to where now I can like actually invite people to the show and come see a taping oh, yeah. and That's cool. they'll see, um, you know, we have monitors in this, on the stage where, you know, when they're playing a game that requires graphics and stuff like that, or doing like a green screen bit or something, they, they have it all on the monitors there. So you can actually yeah. point to it and no, be like it's a blast.
0: Bah. No, we, that's what
1: i'm doing i haven't
0: i haven't I, we my, my wife and i and some friends we went and saw uh, jimmy fallon uh, when he was on the tonight Show, or no the late late night oh yeah
1: yeah
0: um man it was so fantastic fun. it was so fun
1: yeah it's definitely it's like a it's a it's a magical environment it's 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 a really yeah i feel very lucky to be there it's so it's so cool all
0: right last and final question what animal did you choose <laughs> for your animal and why
1: Uh, For my animal eater, I chose a caterpillar, um, and I probably put way more thought into it than I should have, (laughs) just overthought the whole thing. But, um, well, first of all, they're cute, so that was a big plus. Uh, But I think that uh, more so I just kind of was thinking about how um, I've recently come to terms with the fact that I'm never going to just wake up magically someday and feel like I've I've arrived at, at mastering the craft of animation. Uh, and so in that way, I feel like I'm always going to feel like a caterpillar and maybe, maybe not a butterfly, but that's okay. I think it's more exciting. It's more, you know, anything can happen.
0: Well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the show. I I super appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Zach, for having me. This was super fun.
0: Animalators is part of the Gradient podcast network and created in collaboration between Identity Visuals and Gradient. To learn more about the work we're doing at Identity Visuals, check out identityvisuals.com or follow us on Twitter at Identity Visuals. And don't forget to go check out the brand new, just launched website from Gradient, gradient.is. You can also find them on Facebook or follow them on Twitter at gradient.is. That's Gradient, D-O-T-I-S. And you can follow us on Twitter at Animalators. Animalators.com is another great website you should check out. We just updated it uh, because there you can see Rachel's Animalator and all the other incredible Animalators from previous guests who have been on our podcast. The theme music to this show was written and produced by Cody Fry. Check out more of his work at codyfry.com. And don't forget you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or you can listen to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast, Google Play, YouTube, really anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And if you're into this podcast, we'd love for you to leave a review or drop us a note. We always love getting your feedback. And when you leave us a review on iTunes, it helps other animators find this podcast too. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. I can't wait to be back in a couple weeks for another episode of Animalators, curious conversations from the world of animation.